Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's up, folks? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we continue our series on cryptids, and in particular, the spiritual aspect of cryptids. Cryptids. We've created a new type of creature. (laughs) Or at the very least, it's an abbreviation of cryptids, if you don't want to add that T in there and save yourself a long time. Uh, Wasted syllables. Anyway, so... (laughs) <laughs> we're continuing our series on sp- the spiritual aspect of cryptids. Uh, and today, of course, we're going to touch base on probably the most famous cryptid of all time. Maybe even with the Loch Ness Monster, I think. Um, although lately, this particular cryptid has been picking up a lot of ground in just the development side of, of cryptids. A lot of people out there searching for it, right? Yeah, I, I'd read an article uh, saying that it's the most popular as of today. So, mm-hmm. And it makes sense because this particular cryptid uh, has been seen pretty much everywhere around the world. Now, it's mainly up in the northern hemisphere, uh, North Amer- northern North America, uh, or northern Europe, uh, up in the mountains, uh, Nova Scotia, all these different areas. Um, some call it a Yeti as it is most often referred to and thought of when uh, you see big ape-like creatures in the snow. But here in America, we know it most definitely as Bigfoot because we're Americans and we make things simple. (laughs) (laughs) Creature without Bigfoot. (laughs) The the interesting thing, because you had mentioned Northern Europe, I had actually never really heard too much about it until recently that there are even Bigfoot sightings in England. Yeah, in England, in Asia, uh, various asp- uh, areas of Asia. Um, and it's interesting that it really is a northern creature, and it probably makes sense because if it was more of a, I don't want to say southern, but I guess an equator, equatorial? I don't know how you would say that. But, you know, if it's somewhere near the equator, it probably wouldn't uh, be as well off because it is a creature that is often depicted as having very thick fur or hair that covers its entire body so it would probably get too warm uh i don't know anything about the southern side of the hemisphere i don't know if they're seeing down like lower south africa or south america or uh areas of whatever south well, <laughs> antarctica say, even i don't i don't think there's any sightings in africa at all so i mean yeah. that kind of makes sense um but at the same time i don't really know a whole lot about the South American, um, if, if there has been any sightings in South America, but there have been sightings in Florida. I mean, getting you know, getting close to South America, Florida, uh, Georgia. Uh, I want to say Louisiana as well, but nothing compared to the the northern states. Even here in, in North Dakota, there's been sightings of, of Bigfoot. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a northern thing because probably because, like you said, the fur, the fur you would think they would overheat if they're going further south. Right. You would, you would think. And I mean, obviously um, when I say south, I do mean the Southern portion of the Northern hemisphere and the Northern portion of the Southern hemisphere, because obviously the further you go south, eventually it gets cold again. Oh, right. 
hence the reason I brought up the South America thing, uh, South South America. Right. Which is actually really weird when you think about it. I'm going South of South America or South South America. Like, <laughs> How would you even say that? I'm going to North South America. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's an odd thought uh, for sure. <laughs> it is an odd thought. Um, but anyway, so the Bigfoot, the Yeti, number of other names. I wouldn't doubt if we get into it at some point later in the episode. Um, but this creature is by far the most popular cryptid of all time, especially nowadays. Uh, there is a lot of uh television shows depicting this creature people who seem to have spotted it uh there's actually a new show out called paranormal caught on camera on travel channel uh, which i just watched and they have a couple of episodes now that are going to be featuring yetis or bigfoots that were caught in the wilderness primarily russia which is interesting yeah Uh, yeah so but with that said like with all these sightings all this document so-called documentation of it. By documentation, I want to just clear this up a little bit because I think often when you and I talk about documentation, we're talking about some sort of like evidence or final evidence, something that's that's that you can hold on to. Like there, there's evidence of ghosts because of this, this, and this, right? right. Pictures, um, written events, uh, even audio and video. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but with Bigfoot, the majority of the evidence is just eyewitness accounts. Mm. Uh, there's a few, obviously, pictures or uh, vi- videos, but they're all very, very choppy. They're not clear. They're pixelated. Uh, some of them are very questionable at best um, and most likely faked. Uh, but with that said, the biggest question I think nowadays, which is incredible, is... One, why have we not caught a Yeti if everyone's seen them everywhere? Which leads us to another question, which is probably even more interesting because you and I brought it up a long time ago and it's now gaining ground. And that is, what if the Yeti is a spiritual creature mm-hmm. and not a physical creature like ourselves even? Right. Um, and so let's get into that a little bit. Well, I think, I mean... You mentioned we brought it up years ago. I think that's just the kind of the progression, you know, thought thought progression as we go along in this field because um, a, a lot of these creatures, the, the cryptids that we talk about, can almost feel like they're more of a interdimensional spiritual uh, type of creature because a lot of them are not either either not being caught on camera or we're going by. Uh, mythology or, or uh, third-hand accounts, second-hand accounts of people's stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the, the thought of it being more of a, a interdimensional or even spiritual type creature is just an evolution of what we can't can't find. And you know, one article I was reading is that a, a lot of these cryptids that we talk about, there is no um, fossil-type evidence to give us any definitive proof that any of them exist. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Bigfoot is one of the the most common where we're like, not so sure it's a physical animal because as, as much as people, you know, the uh, Bigfoot hunters try to say, oh, you know, we've got hair samples, we've got fecal samples, uh, the Bigfoot casts of the of the footprints. Yeah, I guess that could be evidence, but a lot of times, since we don't have a physical creature to compare it to, the, the scat and the fur just comes back as unidentified creature, un- unidentified uh, uh, animal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the research that I've done over the years and even just doing a little bit today because I've done it for so long, um, a lot of the researchers now are leaning towards interdimensional or a lot of them um, will say that like Brian Bowden, uh, who we had on the show and we've been on his show, has mentioned that maybe the reason this creature can't be photographed is because they have a, a um, 
ultrasonic type aura, like, I don't know, even know how to put it. Um, infrasound, infrasound, that's what I was thinking of. Um, an infrasound that causes the blurring of the photo around them, which I don't know how infrasound would cause that, but um, I've, I've even seen that mentioned in a couple of the articles that I came across today. Now, in your mind, as far as interdimensional, do you think that there's a possibility that it's a physical and interdimensional, or is it interdimensional, and if it manifests on this plane, it is physical in the sense that that's how our plane works? Right. Um, I mean, it's possible. Obviously, like, so here's something I think that eventually you and I need to do is an alien episode with a significant focus on the Bigfoot because Bigfoot and aliens or extraterrestrials are becoming linked more and more uh, over the last couple of years and continuing on and so forth. Uh, but one thing that's really interesting is the majority of extraterrestrials that we have come to learn of, uh, whether it's the reptilians or the greys or something completely different, is that none of them seem to manifest quite the way we're considering Bigfoot too. Um, most of these aliens show up in a spaceship, they beam down or beam up or however they do it. Uh, mostly it's a landing. They don't actually just beam anywhere. They land and they walk out. I think um, the beaming thing we got from Star Trek. <laughs> it's mostly Star Trek, but well that, and you know, you think of like, um, what do they call it when they, when they pick up cows, cattle and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, the, um, the light. What is, what is that um, yeah. Whatever that is. Gravitational beamer finger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I feel like in order to consider the Bigfoot and extraterrestrial, you would think there, that there would have to be some kind of link along with the reptilians and the greys because the reptilians and greys seem to come about relatively similar mm-hmm. to each other. Um, now, if Bigfoot was an extraterrestrial and still capable of manifesting itself instead of showing up in a UFO or something, then maybe it has an even more advanced technology than what the other aliens do that we've talked about on this show, uh, which is certainly possible. I mean, when you look into science fiction and just, a, I mean, science fiction, and by that I just mean fictional stories, right. but when you consider those fictional stories and how some of them are based off truth, I mean, so many things that we're doing nowadays uh, that are starting to align with the old adaptations of, of uh, uh, sci-fi uh, you know, it's becoming real. It's very possible that these creatures found a way. I mean, think about time travel, for example. This is something that even Stephen Hawking had uh, spoken of uh, in numerous accounts, and especially in a book that he that he wrote uh, about how we can time travel. And who's to say that an advanced race wasn't capable of or hasn't already, already perfected it? You know, and beyond that, not just time travel, but do it in a fashion where no equipment's really required to get from point A to point B other than a teleporter of some sort. Mm. Um, so I think that's very I think it's very possible. However, with that said, I would also think that Bigfoot being so techno technologically advanced would obviously be mentally advanced and wouldn't leave so many traces as they have, unless they have some type of reason for it. Uh, what those reasons are, of course, we don't know. Right. Well, I've heard a couple of people say that um, Bigfoot isn't nece- necessarily an extraterrestrial race, but more so a an animal that extraterrestrials found and brought them here and for some reason left them. Now, I mean, that, to me, I don't know why that would make any sense in the fact, except for the same thing with them abducting us, scientific experimentation, I guess. But Right, but even with that said, like, even if that were the case, then we should have some type of ev- physical evidence of the creature itself. Right, yeah. Not, and I don't mean, like, fur or, or a footprint, but I mean an actual specimen, right. you know, a body of some sort. Um, unless alien, maybe it's a game. Maybe the extraterrestrials are like, "Hey, let's let's just show them this creature and then <laughs> pop them up and then pop them out real quick." They're like, "Haha, these little people don't know anything." Maybe. I mean, who knows? But 
I, the, the Bigfoot beyond that, beyond extraterrestrials or aliens in particular, uh, has also been contend- considered an actual spiritual entity. Mm-hmm. And this is more so a, a ghost in a way, you know, something that's able to manifest and unmanifest itself at will um, or is basically like a wisp in the wind, in the wind, you know, uh, much like many of the photos that we get uh, during ghost hunting or the various things we've got uh, sent to us. Uh, some manifestations are caught for a brief moment. We see it and then they vanish. Um, what's interesting is it very rarely ever happens on camera with Bigfoot. The evidence that we have seen the videos in particular, um, they seem to just walk away and that's it. Uh, people quote unquote say that they just disappear, but there's a difference between disappear and walk away. You know, uh, many of these people, uh, in fact, none of them that I know of, unless it's fake. Um, and there's obviously many TV shows out there hunting Bigfoot, for example, uh, which are just fake, you know, they're, they're not actually hunting world Bigfoots. Um, I might get a lot of crap for that, for saying that, but I'm telling you, I guarantee it's fake. Um, but with that said, the real people who are out there seriously hunting it or looking for it aren't usually chasing it down. They're taking pictures or videos and they're hanging back while it walks away. And I wonder if anyone had the will or the, the, the courage, I guess, to move forward and chase after it, they might be able to see more of it than even we know, you know, maybe even get something better. Um, but alas, you know, I think just people in general tend to get scared of the creature if they didn't see it or do see it. Well, I've had a couple of people tell me that, um, they, they've done Bigfoot investigations or, when they did do the Bigfoot investigations, people told them you should just back away if there's aggressive behavior or if you are walking and all of a sudden there is like no noise in the forest because that means that there's some type of predator nearby. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, maybe that is what happens is fear takes over. I mean, a lot of these Bigfoot hunters that you see on the shows, they're they're pursuing this creature, and they'll hear the knocks. They'll have stones thrown at them and whatnot. Um, but it looks like they're running after the creature. But is it just footage that is taken later after they have backed away? Maybe or better yet, those knocks and stones are being thrown by crew members who are in the background, you know? Well, right. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, and that's one of the things I'm saying, like how like these, these shows folks, when you're watching them, I mean, they're intriguing. Don't get me wrong. Real or fake. It don't matter. They're intriguing. They're fun to watch. I watch them just because they're fun. Like, um, mountain monsters is what it's called. Uh, if you ever watch that show, it, it is intriguing. I watch it. My, me and my sisters, my parents will watch it and laugh about it because it really is ridiculous and there have been plenty of people who have come forth and said that it is a fake show um, now of course there have been plenty of shows in the past that have been considered fake uh, we all remember a show way back when called Paranormal State mm-hmm. that was probably considered the first real ghost hunting show or paranormal show on television that sparked everything um, that came out as supposedly being fake ghost hunters has been framed as being fake uh, ghost hunters has been I've caught ghost hunters being faked. So that one I know is a fake, which is sad because I really liked ghost hunters for a long time until then. Um, but sometimes your eyes just, they don't deceive you, man. They, you know, anyway, the thing with like mountain monsters, for example, is you have all these things happening. You know, it's like every, every time they go looking for a monster, something happens no matter what, it doesn't matter where they're going or where they're visiting. There's always rocks being thrown or some type of call or screams or whatever. Um, and they're out there looking for it, but they never find it. You know, traps go off that they set, but they never catch whatever's in the trap. Mm. And it's just ridiculous because we know that not all the cryptids are going to be super smart. Like some of them are, should be, should fall for a trap. Like we have animals today falling for traps. Then I'm sure there's cryptids that would fall for traps. 
So it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating, but intriguing nonetheless. I don't really know where that's going or where I'm going with this. <laughs> I can't remember where we're coming from, but, um, Bigfoot is a spirit and ghost. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's where the whole interdimensional thing came about is maybe people are thinking it's more of a, maybe a spirit or, or I honestly, I mean, there are those that believe that in, uh, aliens are interdimensional or extra dimensional beings as well. And that's how they get here. Not necessarily flying light years to get to our planet, but going through a dimensional portal or something like that mm-hmm. to get here. And that's something that I've heard a couple of Bigfoot investigators say is that somehow Bigfoot is a, a physical creature, but they're able to travel through portals and that's why they somehow seem to disappear at will compared to somebody just running or or seeing them run away. And, you know, the only reason I have a hard time believing that is because we don't have any creatures in regular zoology that have exhibited anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're talking about paranormal cryptozoology, but... I think that's why it's hard for us to grasp what is really going on with the Bigfoot. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if it is a physical creature, there are a lot of forested areas where we have not really explored a whole lot or it's kind of sparse that we've explored some of the forested areas and even some caves because they end up going too deep to where a lot of people feel that they will end up either lost or dead if they go further into it. But um, the, I think the, the blurriness of the photos and them, them disappearing. And sometimes in a couple cases that I've heard of are, are disappearing and then end up further away. Or um, uh, again, our friend Brian Bowden did an investigation where the, he, they heard knocks and then a few miles away heard knocks or howling. Now, I mean, to me, that almost sounds more like multiple Bigfoot compared to it traveling a long mm-hmm. distance so quickly. Well, it, no, yeah, I, I don't think in that case it's so much traveling. I, I mean, it sounds more like a wolf pack type of thing. You know, you, you got one wolf that howls and a bunch, a couple miles away that howl to help locate each other. You know, it's like an echolocation type thing in a way. Um so I agree with you there. I feel like that's probably either a family. If, if they're real, it's either a family of some sort or they're just trying to figure out where everybody is. Well, and I've, I've heard a couple of, of scientists say that there, there is a kind of like a, I hate using the word pack, but there's a, a pack of Bigfoot that are actual physical uh, animals, and then there are Bigfoot that are more on the dimensional, in, interdimensional side of it, and mm-hmm. then that leads you to believe, like, what are you really dealing with when it comes to the interdimensional Bigfoot? And we'll get into that in a second, as far as um, even a lot of these other cryptids. But I did find a list of names for Bigfoot since you had mentioned it. Um, <laughs> All right. We've got Sasquatch Yeti. Uh, we've got the Yowie in Australia, the Almas of Mongolia. Um, some and some of these creatures are only more Bigfoot-like compared to the actual Bigfoot. Uh, we've got the Skunk Ape of Florida. That's the one I was thinking of. We've got the Grassman of Ohio, which we've talked to Jody Cook on about. Um, some people classify the Wendigo as a Bigfoot creature just because it's kind of a hairy hominid creature for the most part in a lot of the legends. Um, the Orang Pendek in Sumatra. And this kind of looks more like a large anteater, sort of. And then the 
Mapingauri of South America. So there is some legends of, of a Bigfoot type creature in South America. And then okay. there's another one called the Yuren in China. <clears throat> and a lot of the... Are you familiar with the Wild Man legends? Yeah. A, yeah. a lot of people associate the Wild Man with the Bigfoot as well. Okay. So, so what I was hinting to before I brought up the list is um, that... Uh, a lot of these interdimensional type aspects to the the Bigfoot sightings, there are some researchers that say there's a difference between the two. Now, what I what I'm thinking of when it comes to a couple of cryptids that we talk about, um, the Bigfoot being one of them, is a trickster type spirit, mm-hmm. and we've talked to a couple of people about it where it's. Maybe it is a trickster and it's taking different forms. And I mean, the legend of a trickster is a god, goddess, spirit, uh, sometimes a man, woman, usually like a, a witch or wizard or, or shaman um, that can take different forms. And I mean, the the whole point of a trickster is just that. It's, it's to uh, trick or lie about its true nature. I mean, there have been legends throughout history in, in Greek mythology. Uh, I, I guess Hermes was the trickster. I had never heard that before, but it makes sense. Um, the Norse tradition with Loki. And I mean, even going into Native American lore, the coyote and the fox are trickster spirits as well Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on on it being a more like a trickster type situation i mean that's entirely possible as as well um i mean especially if you're i think in order for it to be a trickster we'd have to do like really dive into the research in native american lore uh at least for north america because i think we'd find out a lot more information on the Bigfoot, because obviously if we're seeing it now, it's probably seen back when it was just the Native Americans who owned the land, who ran the land, you know, lived here. Um, and so I think if we did some research into that, we'd probably learn more about uh, the Bigfoot and trickster, trickster spirits in general. Um, but I, I think it's weird because, you know, you have to figure... Like if it's a trickster spirit, then what is the point of this particular type of trick? The trickster spirits do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I mean, sometimes even poltergeists are blamed on trickster spirits. I mean, the poltergeist is technically a trickster spirit, but it's not a trickster. Um, and usually tricksters have some, I mean, sometimes it's just for the fun of it. They get kicks out of it. And sometimes, depending on the legend, it has some type of special uh, property of tricking somebody that benefits the trickster itself. Um, With that said, I I mean, I I can't, obviously, I can't say yes, I think it's a trickster for sure, because I don't know. There's so many variables in regards to the Bigfoot that are just contradicting uh, of each other. Um, But the one thing that I, I personally have never seen is... Uh, and I'm sure they're out there, but I've never seen like a photo of a Bigfoot that's see-through if we're talking about a spirit. Because typical spirits, even tricksters, wouldn't necessarily manifest as a physical being or a solid form. It would still be a little loosey-goosey, you know, within its form. So I don't know. You know, it's really hard to say. I, I think often... When it comes to Bigfoot, it's it's probably mistaken identity for the most part, uh, as opposed to a trickster spirit. Um, unless, like, the trickster is playing hand-in-hand with it, you know, kind of like getting into your mind type of thing. Um, but, like, here in North America, there's a lot of bear. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot of bear. If they're on their hind legs, they would look like a Bigfoot in the distance. I mean, I saw a bear when I was a kid, uh, when I was going through the uh, Cahaga Valley National Park over here. And I didn't know what it was at the time. It wasn't until like a couple years ago that it really dawned on me. Like that must have been a bear 
because when I saw it, it scared the heck out of me. I didn't say anything. I just pedaled back as fast as I can because, you know, I'm a kid. It might have been my imagination. But then I learned that there are bears here, you know, right. even in this part of Ohio. So it's very possible I saw one. But at the time, I didn't know what it was. You know, it was scary. Um, no, when I saw it, it was leaning, it was on its hind legs, but leaning up against a tree, mm-hmm. uh, which would be a typical bear type of thing. Right. Um, but in other areas of, uh, of the world, I mean, there's bear... Uh, in Northern Europe and Asia, there's uh, various apes, gorillas, things like that. Uh, so there's a lot of different creatures that could look like a, a Yeti, but not necessarily be a Yeti. Well, it's funny you bring up the poltergeist thing because there was a researcher and I cannot remember his name. Um, but I had heard him on one of the podcasts that I was listening to, and he mentions that how... A lot of Bigfoot sightings and activity kind of coincide with poltergeist activity. You have knocks, you have the throwing of things, um, not necessarily the howling part, because more times than not in a poltergeist case, you don't necessarily hear howling um, unless it, it's a manifestation that's kind of one of those off the wall ones that you don't hear about too often. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, and that kind of leads along the same lines of a maybe trickster. Now, I mean, the, the actual sightings of the creature itself might not necessarily be a poltergeist or whatever type activity. Um, but then again, I mean, we've seen numerous cases in paranormal investigation uh, where you're doing an investigation at a place and you feel, you see a physical manifestation a physical manifestation of a spirit or whatever is there. So mm-hmm. um, I, it's one of those ones that unless we come up with a physical body, quite honestly, I think the more logical route is either interdimensional type creature or, or spirit of some kind playing tricks as far as I, I can think. All right, folks. So I think this is a good place to take our break. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back right after this. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Hey everyone, I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. What's up, folks, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we're here today talking about 
the Yeti, the Bigfoot, the spiritual aspect of it, and most recently, a trickster. Um, so we've covered a lot of stuff here in, in regards to the Bigfoot uh, possibly being an alien, possibly being a ghost, possibly being a trickster of some sort. Uh, I did either through Native American, you know, based on Native American lore or some other lore that tricks exist within uh, Greek and otherwise. Uh, and of course, there's the possibility that the Bigfoot is just simply a Bigfoot. It's an actual creature that somehow eludes the camera and capture every single time. What are your thoughts on the crypt this cryptid actually being just a bigfoot as opposed to some spiritual entity and why do you think it's so capable if it is then why do you think it's capable of getting away so easily since uh it's supposedly massive size it's kind of hard to determine on how it would get away if it is a physical creature i don't it's hard to fall on one side or the other because if it is a physical creature. There are ways that we wouldn't have somehow caught one or uh, even been able to get definitive proof if it's hiding in large forested areas. I mean, maybe they have a camouflage type effect to their fur in the sense that they would blend in with trees or whatnot, depending on how they were standing. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that really raises questions for me and the infrasound is a really good answer to it is the the blurry pictures but at the same time again there aren't any other creatures that we're aware of in regular zoology that can use infrasound in the sense of somehow manipulating the light waves around them to cause a blurring effect for pictures because i mean there are animals like uh, black labs, for example, have a paralyzing bark, which works on the infrasound spectrum. Um, I mean, bats who use ultrasound to technically, quote unquote, see. Uh, but I've never heard of a creature who can manipulate sound to the point where we can't take pictures of it. So in, in the other thing, too, is like I said where there are people saying there's both where it could be traveling long distances because it's more of an interdimensional creature. Um, I don't, I don't want to say it's not possible because it is very possible that there is a physical creature out there. We just have not been able to capture it, but the likelihood that hunters have not somehow shot this thing and it actually, uh, perished because of the the injury or them not being able to trap it somehow is a very unlikely scenario because I mean even if you look at gorillas any any ape really um, we've been able to somehow capture them put them in zoos so mm-hmm. yeah. Bigfoot is supposedly larger than any ape that we know of, but with the technology that we have today, how have we not come up with something to capture this creature? Right. Satellites, infrared imaging. I mean, there's so many things out there that we could be using and have been used, yes, but mainly on the ground level. We should be getting, I feel like there should be something above whenever you're hunting for it. Right that can help keep an eye. And and I understand it's hard because especially in a forested area, trees tend to absorb the warmth of the sun Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the day. So it's hard to see through that. But I know that there's other technologies out there that can pierce through that thick brush. Uh, I mean, obviously it's very expensive, which makes sense. You would think if Bigfoot was as popular as it is, then somebody would have the money to get out there and do it. You know, we know there's some crazy rich people out there who have nothing better to do than purchase some super expensive equipment to go hunt a Bigfoot. I wish that was me. Right. I really do. <laughs> but it's not. Um, mainly just because I'm very far from rich, but I'm crazy. So we're halfway there. So <laughs> well, if we ever get the money, we'll do it. With infrared, there's you, you can have that case of stake, mistaken identity where 
even though you're seeing something where there's a warm blip or, or um, that's what thermal imaging, but uh, if you're seeing like a red silhouette or something in, with infrared, it, even though there's sa- the sound of the whooping or hollering or knocks coming from that general direction, you could just be seeing a bear or even another person mm-hmm. that might be on your team right. compared to an actual physical Bigfoot. No, for sure. Well, and like, here's the other thing with, with Bigfoot that's interesting is game cams. They're, they're always using game. People are always using game cams to try to capture it. Uh, and somehow they're never capable, able to do it. It never happens. It's either their excuse is either a, it moves too fast or B it's too close to the camera and therefore too big to see. So it could be any animal, but it's interesting to me that a Bigfoot again, always eludes the camera still, and I wonder, like, obviously it has, if it's real, it has some sort of um, intelligence. Right. You know, unlike many other beasts with, I mean, not, let me rephrase that, because all the beasts in, in the in the forest and elsewhere are very intelligent, probably beyond us even in terms of instinct. Um, but in this case, it's able to see something and recognize what it is and elude it. And in this case, a camera, like it would have to know what a camera is. And I can't imagine that a Bigfoot has actually found a camera, took it apart, and was like, oh, this thing captures me on video. I'll just elude all of them. Right. I highly doubt that. So it's just weird to me that they're always being eluded. Um, again, I don't know. I feel like it's more like I think when it comes to Bigfoot, and it's disappointing to say it, but I feel like Bigfoot is simply a fictional character that has been brought to life in the minds of society. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of I just like, don't uh, think slender man and, and that effect. Yeah. I just, I just don't think Bigfoot is actually real. Um, now are there interest, like intriguing pictures, mysterious videos? Yes. Are there eyewitness accounts? Sure. I mean, a couple of years ago, I told you, I thought I saw a Bigfoot right. on the side of the road driving home from Virginia. Turned out to be a bush, <laughs> but we're on the road for a long time and it's nearly dusk. You know, you see things. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I mean, I want, I want to believe. I'm taking that from the X Files poster hanging up in Fox Motors' office. I want to believe, but there's just not enough to make me do it right now. And I think that's uh, a good place to to end off on because, like, unfortunately, like I said, unless we get a physical creature or or a physical body rather um i mean there's no evidence to point that this thing is somehow a physical being Um, Mm -hmm. i i think that uh if if you and i were ever able to maybe somehow start doing research like on the pavement research to to do it maybe we would change our minds but as of right now with as many people as we've talked about uh, it with, even when we bring up, is it possible that this thing is somehow more of a interdimensional creature or, or something else other than a physical creature? A lot of them will say, yes, there's that possibility. If a quote unquote Bigfoot expert is, is, can't say that it is, then how are we to say that as well? You're absolutely correct. And that just goes to show, I think, everybody, or at least it should, that in the end, we just don't know. We don't have enough evidence to tell us what a Bigfoot really is. Um, and so it is with pretty much all the cryptids out there. Actually, I think it is with all the cryptids out there, not just pretty much, but all of them. Hence the reason they're cryptids. They have yet to be caught. Um, but I feel like with all this said, and the idea that it probably doesn't exist, or at least it might not exist. I feel like there's still something just in the back of the mind when you're outside in the woods in the pitch black that reminds you that there may actually, despite the lack of evidence, be something. And with that said, as we wrap this up, I say for all of you going out into the woods this spring and summer and the crazy people in the winter that like to go camping, be cautious. Don't let a Bigfoot find you before you find it. <laughs> Just in case. Right. 
Well, uh, before we end the show tonight, I uh, we actually ended up getting another email from the person who had uh, sent us the little message about spiritual spouse. And uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a listener who's gotten in contact with us before. I, I actually hadn't realized it was the same person because he hadn't uh, put himself down as the contact person. But gotcha. his, his name is John. Um, and he actually... So we us. know that it isn't a woman. Right. It's a man. Because I kept saying she. And I was like, wait, this may not be a she. John, I am sorry. <laughs> my dear sir. My good sir. I am so sorry. Anyway. Um, but he, he had emailed us uh, on paratruthradio.com and said the subject of spiritual spouse, which is a part of shamanism is a broad topic. It covers many religions and I suspect even some so-called Christian sects. without going into a long lengthy email. I found this page that describes it and he gave us the link, um, which was a, a Wikipedia link. Um, then he says, I would like to add that this could go into ancient Roman religions, such as the goddess Diana, where male worshipers would dress as females. It may also have a connection to Ezekiel 8.14. He brought me to the north gate of the Lord's temple, and some women were sitting there weeping for the god Tammuz, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, Today, even some, like Zambian pastor Conrad... Mwebi are blaming this for divorces and miscarriages among married people going by what Jesus Yeshua said Matthew 22:30 for and for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as angels in heaven therefore this is not a marriage as we think but possession <laughs> There you have it <laughs> what are your thoughts on that no, it's interesting. Um, I'm glad he wrote us back. I'm glad, I'm glad he reached out to, to kind of elaborate a little bit. Um, it's an interesting topic. Like, I feel like, I mean, I know we 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 covered it, at least what what little we knew about it ourselves. Right. We covered it that day. But I definitely feel like that's something that's, that would be an entire episode to sit back and, well, yeah, and you know. He's contacted us on a couple of things, the 1111. um mm-hmm child spirits and uh he had contacted me or, or us in the past about um his anxiety attacks and and what that might be coming from um so john thank you so much for being a dedicated listener as well um he had actually had also brought up and we've heard this a couple of times um about the um to explain uh, explain string theory or the M theory um, from a Christian standpoint. And I mean that those are ones that we haven't really delved into yet. And it's hard mm-hmm. to with a couple of them. Um, even the gap theory is, is one that's kind of hard to delve into because it's kind of more based on uh, speculation than anything. So right. Um, John, thank you so much for staying in contact with us throughout the last couple of years. And uh, I, I think, yeah, I think we should dedicate an entire episode to that at one point because it's something that we really haven't researched a whole lot on. So, right. Yeah. So I think that's all we got for you guys this week, folks. Until next week, um, make sure you're tuning in to paratruthradio.com. Make sure that uh, you check out all the recent episodes of Paratruth Radio. And uh, if you feel the urge check out the Paratruth Plus Club. I've gotten up to episode 32 right now, uploaded on there. Uh, last week's episode is now up there ad-free if you're a Plus member, and this week's episode will be up there ad-free if you're a Plus member. Um, and, I mean, there's so many other different types of rewards for being a Plus member. The giveaways for Paratruth Swag, uh, access to our Discord server, a personal thank you from us. You also get access to Crime Crack, and then uh, we will be posting on there for you guys to post questions for us on upcoming topics as well. So definitely look for all that if you become a Plus Club member. So 
that's all we got. We've got for you guys this week. Until next week, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin, and I'm Eric. Peace. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.